Welcome everybody to the first edition of Concrete Credentials. I'm Greg Lewis, NRMCA's Executive Vice President for Promotion Strategy and Communications, and I'm thrilled to have the chance to bring you the very latest and greatest information about ReadyMix Concrete and why you should be using concrete on your next project. Today, I have the pleasure of introducing my NRMCA colleague, Lionel LeMay, who oversees the Concrete Industries Build with Strength program. For those of you who don't know Lionel, let me be the first to say we should be in for a great discussion today about concrete buildings and the Build with Strength program. Lionel is a structural engineer with deep experience in consulting and a leading voice on concrete sustainability. He is the Executive Vice President of Structures and Sustainability with the NRMCA and heads up the industry's efforts to educate and promote project teams for the many benefits of using ready-mixed concrete. Lionel, welcome to Concrete Credentials. Thank you, Greg. Will you give our audience a feel for your experience as a consulting structural engineer and how you came to appreciate concrete's benefits as a building material? Sure. I spent the first seven years out of college consulting structural engineer for a national architecture engineering firm. And we spent most of our time designing hospitals, courthouses, and other civic buildings. And for those kinds of buildings, the construction material of choice is almost always concrete mainly because of strength and durability, fire resistance, and often, most importantly, vibration control. So over that time period, I became very proficient at designing concrete buildings. So after an impressive career as a structural engineer, you came over to the cement and concrete industries and have been working in those arenas now for some 20 years. Can you tell us why did you make the jump to working for the industry? And looking back on your experience today, what continues to excite you as you start each day promoting concrete? Yeah, after my career as a consulting engineer, I moved over to the Portland Cement Association, where although I wasn't consulting on specific projects, I was consulting mostly in the area of low-rise buildings. So in other words, working with architects and engineers on how they could best use concrete for their projects. And during that time, I developed technical publications, managed research, even developed a software program for designing concrete wall systems. That's still in use today. In fact, I was just using it a couple of weeks ago to demonstrate how to design these concrete walls. I also worked on building codes and standards during that time to ensure that concrete was well represented. Then in the mid-2000s, I joined the National ReadyMix Concrete Association, where the focus was still on promoting concrete for building applications. And some of the initiatives that I worked on include promoting performance-based specifications for buildings, but also things like life cycle assessment and environmental product declarations. And I'm proud that we became one of the first industries to produce an industry-wide EPD. And as a result, the concrete industry is far and away a leader here with over 25,000 products with product-specific EPDs. Then in 2015, I helped launch the Build Strength Initiative to focus on promoting concrete four buildings with a renewed emphasis on communications, codes and standards, advocacy, direct project promotion, and education. In fact, I'm most proud of the number of architects, engineers, and contractors we've formally educated over that short period of time. Nearly 30,000 people have actually gone through courses that we've offered. Excellent. So as you've shaped the way that uh, the design professionals across the country look at and ultimately use and specify concrete, one of the things that you've done that I'd like to talk about a little bit is you organize the International Concrete Sustainability Conference. 
That ran for several years, and there have been discussions here lately about a relaunch of this International Concrete Sustainability Conference. These programs possibly being uh, virtual activities going forward here. Tell us about concrete sustainability credentials and why you think the time is right to bring this message to a broader national and global audience. Yes, I'm very proud of the International Concrete Sustainability Conference. We launched that back in 2006, and that very first conference was focused on pervious concrete, which obviously is a uh, low-impact development product which helps with sustainable development. And since then, we've held the conference all over the world. In fact, in some years, we offered it in three different locations here in the U.S., the Middle East, and South America. And the big focus was on, obviously, sustainability. That's part of the title because there was an interest, and still is an interest, in understanding how we can make concrete more sustainable, either during the operational phase with you know, energy efficiency and resilience, or during the manufacturing stage where we look at things like lowering embodied impact of concrete through improved process or product manufacturing. So we, the last time we offered the conference here in the U.S. was 2016, because we were focusing on launching Build with Strength, but we're looking at, and in fact, have made a decision to relaunch it as a virtual conference. And the first one will be in early December this year. So look for the announcement on that. It will be a global conference where we'll have speakers from all over the world and attendees from all over the world to address mainly innovation and how those innovations can help lower the environmental impact of concrete. I'm really looking forward to that. I think it's going to be great, especially moving it to a virtual platform to engage the global audience more fully. I will tell you, honestly, I've admired your lifelong efforts along the lines of educating project stakeholders about concrete sustainability. There are some who have and who may continue to question these sustainability metrics as they relate to concrete. What do you say yourself to these skeptics about the innovation we're seeing in the industry and how the producer members of NRMCA are increasingly showing the leadership necessary to help us achieve our sustainability goals? Well, I would say I'm very lucky to work in an industry that constantly strives improvement and also with a product that's well-suited for innovation. So we have a unique product, concrete, that can be designed to almost any specification. It can be made stronger. It can be made weaker. It can be made to be more durable within minutes of one another. So this is unique. Most building products can't basically change formulation on the fly. This brings significant benefit to concrete. What's also unique about concrete is that the specifier does have a significant impact on performance. They can either have a positive or negative impact on performance by the way they specify concrete. And as a result, the environmental performance of concrete can also be impacted. So that's why we've been focused a lot on this idea of moving to performance-based specifications that leaves some of the, well, not some, but all of the requirements for developing the product formulation to the product suppliers, but having the specifiers stipulate what performance criteria that we need to meet as product suppliers. Not only does that result in better performing concrete, but it also results in concrete with the lowest environmental impact. So it's that environmental impact that I'd like to, to talk a little bit about now. You have led the industry's efforts to become an early signatory to Architecture 2030. For those who don't know what that is, can you tell us about the Architecture 2030 pledge and why you challenged our industry to engage this forward-thinking initiative? 
Yes, another initiative that I'm very proud of, and that is that our members strived to meet the 2030 challenge. First, in 2006, Architecture 2030 challenged the architecture community to design buildings with zero operational carbon footprint. And of course, we supported that effort because concrete is considered a low energy building solution because of thermal mass. So products like tilt-up and insulating concrete forms or conventional concrete frame offer a great solution to that. But in 2011, Architecture 2030 launched the 2030 Challenge for Products, which asked architects to specify products with reduced embodied carbon footprint. And the target was 50% reduction by 2030. And the way to measure progress was through the assessment and environmental product declarations. And at the same time, LEED version 4 was being developed, which also referenced LCA and EPDs as a way to measure carbon footprint of building products. So immediately, our members rallied around this idea, and we became a signatory supporter of the 2030 Challenge for Products. We did sign on in 2012 and immediately established benchmarks for concrete carbon footprint through environmental product declarations and the industry-wide EPD. We were the first to publish those benchmarks in 2014, and last year we published the third version of those benchmarks, and we were able to demonstrate that the industry has lowered carbon footprint by 13% in five years. I'm very proud of our members for this accomplishment. The innovation and the leadership on those efforts, I think, is truly exceptional. And I want to go back for a second, Lionel, if we can. You mentioned earlier the Build with Strength program and the launch of that Build with Strength program, which happened several years ago. And as you have been in so many other areas of the industry, you're really on the leading edge of helping that effort move forward. Tell us what Build with Strength is and why do you think it's important for those working in the design, development, and construction industries to take advantage of the resources that are available there? So Build with Strength is an initiative in our MCA to educate stakeholders such as architects, engineers, contractors, developers, policymakers on why they should choose concrete for building projects. It is a widely used building product. In fact, it's the most widely used building product on the planet. And there's a reason for that. It's strong, durable, economic, available everywhere. It's used in every structure we build, where we live, work, learn, and play. Concrete likely it will help build modern society for the foreseeable future. And educating those stakeholders is an element of what the Build with Strength program is about. Another key element of the initiative is the Concrete Design Center, where we work with design uh, developers to promote concrete as the building system of choice for building projects. So those are the main elements of the Build with Strength program. When we talk about the design assistance program in particular through the Concrete Design Center, you know, that program is supported by, funded by members of the NRMCA. It's free to use for project teams looking for ways to take advantage of the many benefits concrete offers for project teams. Ultimately, though, why would an architect, an engineer, or a contractor use the Build with Strength Design Assistance Program? So really, it's about providing a consulting service to the design community. We have a team of architects, engineers, contractors, green building design experts who can help the best structural system for their projects. We do cost estimating to demonstrate why concrete is the most cost-effective solution in terms of uh, first cost and also operating costs. 
And we can also help bring the team together to build those projects with concrete. So contractors and suppliers and other consultants who can help build those projects in concrete. And it's all free. So definitely architects and engineers and developers should take advantage of that program. It strikes me as a no-brainer. I mean, if I were trying to figure out how to design my next project and I had a free resource available to me, it would seem like that would be a value add to my design or, or development process and project. So I see from that side of the equation why they might want to take advantage of that program. But I know for ReadyMix producers who are members of NRMCA, looking at it through the lens of the ReadyMix producer, for our members or for those thinking of becoming NRMCA members, they might say, well, you know, we don't work with designers or developers. And by the time we hear about a project, it's too late ultimately to influence the project team to understand the value of using concrete on a given project. So to that end, my question is, how would you suggest they take advantage of the program's benefits from a concrete producer's standpoint? Yeah, there's no doubt we've struggled with that question uh, since the launch of the program. And as you mentioned, many concrete producers don't have those relationships directly with the building owners, developers, and so forth. Uh, but they do have relationships with contractors who do likely have those relationships with the decision makers who often select the structural system that they'll be using on a project. So oftentimes, just a simple introduction to one of our design center team members will get the ball rolling on a project. Or uh, simply, in fact, I was talking to somebody this morning who you know lives in an apartment building and has had several discussions with the building owner and, and discovered that they were, in fact, looking at expanding on the project. And what a great opportunity then to bring that project to the design center team. So it's uh, small relationships that can turn into some bigger relationships that will result in having someone select uh, the best building material concrete for their project. So in just a few short years, there are now more than 200 examples of projects that were going to be constructed with other materials. And ultimately, because of the Build with Strength program, they were converted to concrete projects as a result of this design assistance effort. What is it that, from your perspective and what you've heard and learned along the way, that has convinced these owners and the other project stakeholders, specifiers, et cetera, to make that change from whatever project type in terms of structural material they were going to use to ultimately selecting concrete? Yeah, most developers or building owners really understand the benefits of concrete. The misperception that concrete costs significantly more, and so they were selecting other building systems for their projects. But at the design center, because we do these cost estimates and we demonstrate that, in fact, the cost difference isn't very large, in some cases, for some projects, we're talking about 1%, 2 or 3%, uh, which is much closer to the cost of, let's say, wood or steel frame construction. And so when we also include the operating costs and that, that the payback period is sometimes only months or just a few years, it really is an over to select concrete on those projects. So as the team, and you do lead a team of individuals who work in markets across the country through this Build With Strength program, educating and promoting concrete's value proposition, you've got a great team of folks working with you on this effort. Tell us a bit about the team members, where they're located, and how their backgrounds and expertise are helping these project teams make better informed decisions about using concrete. Sure. So we have six territories around the country with people who consult with 
decision makers in those regions. So we have every region around the country covered from the Pacific Southwest to the Northeast. So there's really nobody that's not able to engage with our design center team. We also have a couple of other experts who focus on doing these design assistance reports or reports that do provide cost estimates and identify you know, what the best systems would be for a specific project. Each of the design center team members are responsible for providing a certain level of expertise, including, you know, we've got, you know, architects on the team, engineers, contractors, building green experts. So really not a question that we can't answer. And you know, we also have other sources where, you know, if it's a, a difficult question, we have other sources that we can tap into, including a research team at MIT that can answer some very tough questions that become very technical, so we can all tap into that a resource as well. And the best way to interface with the team is to really go to buildwithstrength.com and go to the design center. We do have a team of building codes experts, and in fact, they do oftentimes consult on some of the concrete design center projects, but their main focus is on building codes. And of course, with the increased intensity of storms and fires and floods, it's critical that we improve our building codes so we build more resilient and energy efficient buildings. These experts of expertise in fire, structural engineering, energy codes, building green expertise to advocate for safe, resilient construction. I would say one of the most important or recent accomplishments I'd like to mention is that we just helped pass a law in Mississippi that will provide insurance rebates for homeowners and building owners that build by its standard, which is a, a standard that is uh, above building code. It's these kinds of incentives that will get us away from rebuilding to levels after major disasters. What kinds of things do you see coming down the line as far as innovations are concerned, making concrete even better than it is today? I would say most of the innovation will come on the environmental front. Most building owners benefits of concrete, but also want to build with lower carbon footprint. As I mentioned before, the industry has done a good job of reducing footprint, but I think we are about to see new products to get us to zero carbon concrete at some point in the near future. In the short term, it will be more effective use of uh, products like fly ash and slag cement, but also I see a greater use of blended cements, including Portland limestone cement, which the footprint of concrete by 10% and improve performance. And finally, we're seeing products under development that sequester in concrete through carbon mineralization technologies, either by direct sequestration, by making artificial pozzolans, or by making artificial aggregates, all of which permanently sequester CO2. In fact, it is possible to make concrete today, which is carbon positive, that is, it sequesters CO2 than it emits during production. It's really exciting to see the kinds of innovations that are coming down the line and the innovations that our industry is spearheading and embracing. If you were, though, to leave listeners of this podcast, first in this series of Concrete Credential Podcasts, with one thing that you wanted them to remember, what would it be? Well, I would say, and I've said this already, that uh, you know, concrete is the most widely used building product on earth for a reason. Whether you're seeing fire resistance, noise reduction, energy efficiency, durability, economy, or all of the above, concrete should always be considered. And to understand how to take advantage of con these concrete benefits, 
Visit nrmca.org or buildwithstrength.com to gauge our design center team. Excellent. Lionel, thank you very much for taking the time to chat with us today about concrete credentials. Again, if you, our listeners, have feedback that you would like to provide, we welcome that. And if there are topics that you'd like us to cover in future podcasts, remember, you can reach us at info at buildwithstrength.com. For our next Concrete Credentials podcast, we will have Brian Killingsworth, NRMCA's Executive Vice President for Paving Promotion, who heads up the industry's Pave Ahead program nationally. In that session, we will have a fantastic chance to learn why concrete is the right material for your next paving project. Thank you for listening to Concrete Credentials, available wherever you get your podcasts.